This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 29th, 2015. When the cheering changes. And good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today, a day that you've made, a day where it is no accident that any one of us are here worshiping your name. God, wherever we are in our relationship with you, whether we're exploring what that's all about or we've um, sold out to you, Lord, thank you for your presence in our lives and the opportunity to worship you today. God, today um, is a turning point as we glean from your scripture uh, the events of a very difficult week for your son, Jesus. So open our hearts that we might learn more about you and your son this day. We pray this in your name. And everybody gathered said, amen. Let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever really cheered for you? I mean, really cheered for you? Like... um, Maybe when you played sports uh, and you or your team uh, did really well. Maybe, maybe uh, it was at a concert. Maybe you gave a concert or you were in a play or maybe you were in a recital or something. Or maybe, maybe you were the center of attention for one of those special milestone events. Maybe a, a significant birthday or anniversary or some other event that caused people to hoop and holler just for you. Um, hmm. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun when, when people cheer for you. It's so when exciting. Alan walks in, I'm like, yay, Alan, yay, you're home. I'm so happy. Every, every day. Every day. Every, it's unbelievable. And you know, it feels good. It feels really good. I'm sure you feel good too when you walk in and your family cheers for you. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, it might be a little uncomfortable, you know. I'm, uh, you know, a little, especially if you're an introvert, but it's still feels really good. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you very much. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Today. Back to reality. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we celebrate something called Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of a time. It's actually the journey of Jesus, the journey to the cross. That's why you got a palm leaf uh, as you came in today. It was on Palm Sunday that Jesus uh, rode into town and the people were cheering for him. They were shouting. In fact, it was so much more than cheering. On that day, in that place, Jesus got a hero's welcome, a welcome reserved for a conquering king returning from battle. He rode in on a donkey. Now, that's significant. In our culture, it would be kind of comical for this great hero to ride in on a donkey. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, in that culture, kings rode off to war on a horse, but came back from war on a donkey. The donkey symbolized peace. Mm. So that's why that is so important, because Jesus is the prince of peace. Mm. Now, Jesus wasn't riding in in that fashion to draw attention to himself. He was 
fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy that had been shared hundreds of years before by the prophet Zechariah. Shout and cheer, daughter Zion. Raise the roof, daughter Jerusalem. Your king is coming, a good king who makes all things right, a humble king <coughs> riding a donkey, a mere colt of a donkey. I've had it with war. No more chariots in Ephraim. No more war horses in Jerusalem. No more swords and spears, bows and arrows. Say the end well with me, will you? He will, he will offer, offer peace toward to the, the nations, nations, a peaceful peace rule worldwide, worldwide from the from four, the four winds, winds to the seven seas. And so not only did Jesus fulfill the prophecy, it was also the people who were cheering that fulfilled the prophecy as well. They gave Jesus the welcome reserved for a king. As some spread out their cloaks on the road, others took palm branches and spread them out. Uh, and everybody shouted. They were shouting, Hosanna. Can you say Hosanna? Hosanna. Wow, that's awesome. Say the rest with me. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. It's an exclamation of praise, and it means save. Save. They are praising the one who has come to save them. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Can you just feel the excitement that was mounting, the pulse on the crowd? I mean, it was just an awesome, crazy parade. The people were filled with expectation. In fact, they were filled with great expectation. They had heard the stories. They might have even seen Jesus teaching, possibly on the mountainside, teaching the Beatitudes that we just learned about uh, recently. They maybe had seen him uh, perform a healing and seen somebody transform, seen, seen him feeding thousands of people with just bread and fish. Oh, the crowd is ready. There is great expectation. Have you ever had great expectations? Most of us have. Maybe it was Christmas, you know, and there was that one gift you'd asked for and you were just really, really, really hoping to get it. Or, or maybe it was a birthday, a special birthday, and you had great expectation. Maybe it was your first job. And, you know, you were going to go out and conquer and change the world. Maybe it was your wedding day. Maybe it was your wedding night. <laughs> great expectations. <laughs> The challenge all too often with great expectations is this. <laughs> the reality never quite lives up to the great expectation. Can I get an amen? Amen. What you ended up uh, hoping for oftentimes exceeds and sometimes greatly exceeds the reality that you ended up with. The Christmas or birthday present wasn't quite what you thought it was going to be. The job, so wonderful at first, after a while, well, it became a job. And the bliss of the wedding day dissolved into facing those ongoing challenges that it takes to build a marriage that will last a lifetime. Yeah. So what we're saying here is that the cheering doesn't necessarily stop, but the cheering changes. 
the cheering changes. The day that Jesus made that triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the people had great expectations as they welcomed Jesus as the returning king. Now, many in the crowd that day thought that Jesus uh, would be like King David, a little bit different than Jesus was, but this King David, who they had been hoping for and praying for, King David was Israel's greatest king, a mighty warrior, mighty in battle, victorious. David was the king that they looked back to as they pondered where they were and where they needed to go. David was that type of king that they were hoping for that would save them. They had great expectations of Jesus as he rode into town because Jesus was from the lineage of David. They thought that he was cut from this same battle-ready cloth as King David. They had great expectations that through this king, Jesus, they would once again return to the power that they once held not subjected to the Roman Empire, the rule of the Roman Empire. They were really experiencing a rough time and they wanted that to be gone. They wanted it to be free. They wanted to feel free. These were the expectations that the crowd had the day that they welcomed this king on a donkey. As they spread their cloaks out, they spread the palm leaves. As they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The day after the parade, Jesus arrived at the temple in Jerusalem. It was the time of the Passover feast, and so there were a lot of people in town from very, very far away. It was difficult for them to transport live animal sacrifices on the long journey, and so they would buy them when they got to the temple. In addition, since their money was foreign, they needed to exchange their currency. Now, some enterprising people had, had quite a business there at the temple, selling sacrificial doves and, and exchanging money in the temple area. The thing was that they were taking advantage of the people from out of town and, and turning the temple into a corrupt marketplace as they overcharged for both the sacrifices and the money exchange. As a result, Jesus took exception, and he went a little bit crazy, <coughs> turning over tables and driving the greed-filled entrepreneurs out, telling them that they had taken his father's house of prayer and turned it into a den of thieves. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard all this, and they, and they began looking for a way to kill Jesus because they feared him, because the people in the crowd were amazed at Jesus' teaching. And so during the next four days, Jesus did some of his most memorable teaching with the religious leaders, the crowds of people, and even his closest followers, the disciples. And, and with each teaching, the religious leaders seemed to become even more fearful and even more intent on arresting Jesus and putting him to death. The cheering 
was changing. Near the end of the week, Jesus had his last supper with his disciples. They shared the Passover meal. It was a yearly commemoration of the Jews being freed from, freed from slavery under Pharaoh in Egypt many years before. It was such an important commemoration, this Passover. It was during this meal that Jesus took on the role of a servant. I'm sure it was very humbling for the disciples when <coughs> Jesus took off his robe and knelt at their feet and washed their feet, something that a servant would do. And how Jesus shared that he came not to be served, but to serve. And they should do the same. And it was during this meal that, uh, that Jesus told them that one of them, one of his closest followers, one of the 12 disciples would, in fact, betray him. Judas, one of the 12, had already arranged with the chief priests that he would hand Jesus over for a mere 30 pieces of silver. The cheering was changing. It was during this meal that Peter, disciple Peter, assured Jesus that he would never betray him. He would never deny him. And Jesus pointed out to Peter that he in fact would. Not once, not twice, but three times before the rooster crowed. The cheering was changing. Jesus went with the disciples to a place called the Mount of Olives in order to pray. In his prayer, he asked God if there was some alternative to the gruesome death, crucifixion on a cross that he was facing, and in the same breath realized that it wasn't his will, but would be God's will that would be done. Three times he went off to pray, apart from the disciples, and each time when he returned, his disciples were fast asleep. The cheering was changing. So Judas, the disciple, one of Jesus' disciples, brought a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent by the re religious leaders. He betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Can you just imagine? Betraying his Lord with a kiss. And then the armed guards seized Jesus and arrested him, and they took him before Pilate, or before the Jewish Supreme Court, who found him guilty of blasphemy. Now, blasphemy is claiming to be God, and it was punishable by death. And then they spit in his face, and they beat him, and they struck them with his fists. And in the midst of all this, Peter... Peter denied knowing him, just as Jesus said he would. The cheering was changing. And so they brought Jesus before Pilate, who was the governor. Now the custom was that during the Passover feast, the governor would release a prisoner chosen by the people. Pilate gave them the choice of Barabbas, a man who was in prison for having committed murder during a political revolt, 
they could choose Barabbas or Jesus. The religious leaders had persuaded the crowd to choose Barabbas. And so when Pilate asked what he then should do with Jesus, they said to him, crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him, they shouted. The cheering had now changed from Hosanna to crucify. Washing his hands, Pilate, uh, he declared that he was innocent of Jesus' blood. He released Barabbas, as the crowd had requested, and he had Jesus whipped and turned him over to be crucified. Crucifixion. It's perhaps the cruelest means of death ever created by humankind. The person is nailed to a cross and left hanging there for hours, and it's not the blood loss that kills them, but their inability to hold themselves up. And so what happens is that they collapse and they suffocate because they cannot breathe. So after six grueling hours, six grueling hours on the cross, Jesus, the Lord, the Son of God, took his last breath. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Jewish council, he requested Jesus' body, and he wrapped it in linen, and he placed it in a tomb that was freshly cut out of the rock. He rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb as Jesus' mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, a close follower of Jesus, as they looked on. Less than a week, that's all it took. Less than a week, that's all it took from the cheering to change, to change from shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna, to shouts of crucify, crucify. To change from praise to venom, to change from adulation to hatred, from laying down cloaks and palm branches to the beating and the mocking and the spitting on the Son of God. Less than a week and the cheering changed dramatically. But even though the cheering changed, Jesus didn't. Even as they were hanging him on a cross, he continued to love those around him right to the end. In the midst in the midst of the change and the cheering, Jesus turned to his heavenly Father and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Sooner or later, the cheering changes. The cheering changes for us, for all of us. We'll face challenges that we would have never imagined. Challenges in our home, at work, at school, in our relationships, in our marriages, with our kids, maybe here at church, we will face challenges. The cheering changes. So the question becomes this. How will we respond? 
how will we respond? Now, the cheering changed for Jesus. I mean, he was brought in with this hero's welcome, and then the crowd, the din of the crowd, just changed. Our changes will never be to the extent that Jesus experienced. We'll, we'll not be crucified. But it is true that, our cheer, that the cheering in our lives does change from time to time. How will you respond? What will you do? Jesus never changed, even though the cheering changed. What about our response? Will we hold tight? Will we hold tight to the one who created us, to the one who loves us, to the one who gives us promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us? When the cheering changed and he was on the cross, he looked up to his father and said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Will that be our response when we experience wounding? Will we say, forgive them, forgive me, Father? Or will our cheering turn to the kind of cheering that the crowd had and we just walk away? What is our response? Will we turn to the one who lived and died for each one of us? Will you choose Jesus? Will you choose Jesus? Here's the good news. Jesus chose you. He chose you and he loves you enough to die for each one of us. For God so loved the world, and you could put your name in the world, for God so loved you. He chooses you. So the question, when the cheering changes, will you choose Jesus? Thank you for joining when us for our podcast. Changes, for more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.